Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you thrive on camera and in life by tapping into your superpowers and making an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the word collaboration, which means the action of working with someone to produce or create something. Here to discuss collaboration are composer and author Karen Lafrac and music consultant and advisor Kathleen Murphy, whose collaboration I find deeply inspiring. Karen's vibrant, moving musical scores have been presented in prestigious concert halls across the globe and streamed digitally by over 17 million listeners worldwide. She has released six studio recordings since March 2021, which I find just incredible. And her works have been commissioned and performed by the New York Philharmonic, the American Ballet Theater, and the Shanghai and Miami Symphony Orchestras. Karen is also an ardent champion of musical and literary education for children and has received wide accolades for her children's books published by Bloomsbury, Random House, and Crown Books. Kathleen is a widely respected music industry professional and creative strategist and the CEO of KFC Entertainment, who has established one of the industry's most diverse and creative driven careers, leading initiatives at major labels and music publishing companies, working with a staggering list of acclaimed Grammy, Tony, Pulitzer Prize, and Academy Award-winning artists, including Yo-Yo Ma, Tadeshi Trucks Band, Billy Porter, Idina Menzel, Niall Rogers, The Blind Boys of Alabama, Two Cellos, Bobby McFerrin, and Cindy Lauper, among many others. So welcome, Karen and Kathleen. This is fun. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having us, Barb. So Kathleen, when we met a while back, you mentioned to me that collaboration is a favorite theme of you and Karen's. So can you explain to me the how and why of collaboration for you? Cool. Yes. Um, the word itself is, I mean, it, it's a word that I've known well throughout my entire career. I started working with songwriters at a very young age. Everything about um, working for a music publisher was about putting two songwriters together and uh, in a room, leaving the room and coming back and something new existed where something didn't. And it was all about the two people or the three people coming together and, and making something uh, and creating from, from, to me, sort of from the universe and, and, and collectively bringing together all of their creativity. I love facilitating that process. So I met Karen uh, through a mutual friend and colleague um, right before the right before the pandemic, and I've heard a little bit of her music and uh, reached out to her and asked for more, which is really kind of wonderful. And and here we were, with her um, with this beautiful um, group of short, beautiful piano pieces, and there was the sort of. It's the collaboration bug hit me right in that moment where she was lovely, her music was lovely, and and here we were in a looking at the pandemic and thinking, what can we do in this crazy time? The one thing we could do is get a recording, get this music recorded, and out in the world. And we'll talk a little bit more about why there's a real opportunity for the music to be out in the world. But all I knew was I thought it was beautiful enough to be out in the world. And I asked her if she'd like to work together 
on doing that. I had the skill set for getting it out there, and she has this unbelievable skill set where it's she's so prolific and and writes every day. Karen, I wanted to ask you then because writing, regardless of what it is, uh, whether that's music or prose or poetry or nonfiction, it's traditionally a very isolating exercise. So what was that? Was collaborating new for you? What was it like? Um, great question. I am a loner when it comes to composing, but I am not a loner when it comes to uh, asking if it's good or, or having a good editor or um, just reaching out and speaking to people. So it's not at all difficult for me to be in my composing world, but getting on that phone and finding my, my uh, people who will put me in the right direction if I ever need it. Wait, okay. I just love what you said. And I want to pause. I do this all the time on my podcast because now I'm like, oh, I'm hearing something new. So that you just reframe the whole idea of your creative process is composing is only a component of that. And so that you see the putting your music out there in the world is part of many elements. And so you've always been collaborating in the terms of like getting feedback. Get um, feedback. Connecting yes, with it. others, understanding how we birth this. So right away for anyone listening, because again, many of us see the creation of the thing as the thing and the end of the road and not seeing it as the part of a total process. And Kathleen, I see you nodding your head because as you as someone who's facilitated so much of this, you know this in your bones, but not all of us do. Thanks yeah. for that. It's really true. When I was, I mean, this whole adventure about putting it, putting my music out into the world began actually not in isolation at all. David Foster heard something, told his manager, Mark Johnston. Mark Johnston said, oh my God, got to get it out and called Kathleen. And that's it was, that's not isolation. That's, that's actually putting yourself out there and asking, what do you do? You know, am I good? Should I, should I, would I, could I? And so Kathleen actually heard the call and I can't begin to say how grateful I am. You know, it's funny. I had other, you know, sort of sub themes or topics for this episode. And one I considered called playing to your strengths because you're two people with remarkable gifts and strengths coming together. And so you've just identified one of yours, Karen, which is this openness, right? Which is amazing. So I did want to ask for each of you, just dive in. What do you consider your strengths? Kathleen, you go first. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think my strengths these days, and they, and I think they change. Um, I do have a good sensitivity for identifying what I think is actually, and this is maybe the wrong word, but I, I like to use it, just commercially appealing. I, I love the idea, certainly my whole life in the music business and in, in all areas of the entertainment field, whether it's film, television, or theater, um, I have a I have a commercial eye and ear. I, I I tend to really gravitate towards what I think many people will enjoy, not just me. I, I start with my own instinct, and then I immediately look at the world around me and how it may or may not work in the in you know how how attractive this would be to other ears, eyes people. And then, you know, there's a marketplace for great art. And um, I'm, I've got my 
eye and my ear trained toward it all the time. So I think I, I and and I will say to go with that is believing in my instincts. That's the whole key to being mm. an artistic facilitator, a creative facilitator for great creative content. You have to study the market and then you also have to really, really believe in your own instincts. If I may, I want to suggest you might be slightly underselling from what I know from studying your story, because mm -hmm. part of that too is asking better questions. Mm -hmm. And part of it is trusting yourself, but you, I think you see things that other people don't see. You connect mm -hmm. dots that other people don't connect and you ask better questions. So uh, Karen. I'm going to expound on Kathleen's strengths for me because she didn't mention the fact that she is so calm and able to present what needs to be done in the most articulated understanding way that I, I often stop her in the middle and say, yeah, that's right. I get it. I get it. She is able to do that. And she is able to, she's able to untie the knot in the, uh, the ball of thread or the skein that, that is just at some times un-untangleable, that you, you can't untangle it, but Kathleen knows how, let me just say it this way, Kathleen knows how to untangle anything and present it in a clear way. Thank you, I appreciate it. That's facilitating a creative process because the, create, the creation, and, and going back to what you said before, Barbara, we all think that the creation of the thing is the thing, but it's actually, you know, it's it's all about facilitating how that can get made, recorded, printed, whatever, um, and get out in the world. And so finding the path, and you're right, connecting the dots to create the path is is facilitating. It's the definition of facilitating. She's yeah. a real problem solver. <laughs> yeah. best possible way. Well, that's a huge life skill, right? Because many of us can identify problems. The gift is offering solutions or being open to the idea that there's even is a solution, going back to asking better questions. I want to go back, Karen, to actually what I mentioned earlier, which is what I heard, you know, in something that you said was this openness, because another one of my sub-themes was active listening. Because I feel like your collaboration, part of its success rests on the idea that both of you are active listeners and open to listening to each other. And by extension, um, remarkably, don't seem to have a ton of resistance or are not caught up in your own like confirmation bias, which I just think is amazing. And maybe at this point with all the accolades to actually explain a little bit to the, you know, for the listeners, what that meant to take Karen's music and put it out into the world during the pandemic and how you got in, in like a matter of minutes, it seems like to 17 million, you know, streams and downloads. Well, I'm going to answer one of the questions you asked right before, which are, what are my strengths? Yes. And go into um, uh, the question of openness, which you have just addressed. My strength is the it's melody. I get up in the morning and there's a melody in my head. I go to sleep, there's a melody in my head. It just is like a musical worm, constant musical worms and constant different melodies that need to be that need to be written down. And so um, I would say if anything in, in music, 
that would be my biggest strength. And my other strength, which you alluded to, is openness to suggestions. It, the fun I've had recently is when Kathleen gives me a suggestion for a new, a new creation, whether it's Christmas songs or whether it's take a, um, a popular song and make it classical or whether it's what, what can you do to, to develop the theme of space? or what can you do to develop the theme of, of fear? And I just love the challenge and I love to please. So there's an openness of, um, and willingness to experiment and respect the advice that somebody like Kathleen gives. So how did you all put this together? You mean the the uh, first album or the collections? Yeah, just the sort of the idea of it is to take your music, you know, and, and we can get to the short version of recording during the, the pandemic. But part of the bigger story is you managed to crack the digital code, in my opinion, which was new for both of you. And I find this a fascinating, inspiring story of two people coming together, playing to their strengths and creating something remarkable and wonderful and lasting. Well, I think I did the, I, I don't think I did the hard part. I, although writing, writing to me is not hard. Writing to me is just something that I have to do and just is like, just like breathing. I'm, I need to get these pieces written down. And so I gave Kathleen 44 pieces to start with. That was just a teeny bit of what I had done. And I just gave them to her and the rest, the rest she did. So she has to explain how she did it. <laughs> no, well, not quite what we found. Um, look, the good news about our timing and, and the planets aligning for Karen and me to collaborate was that when I first heard the music, I think even maybe seven or eight years ago, there really wasn't an outlet for short, brief, beautiful piano pieces. There just wasn't. Classical music um, is very, dif has, it's difficult to sell in any real context as far as, again, selling music. And we don't, we don't really sell a lot of music in these days. We, it's streamed. There's very little income that comes in per stream. But if there's millions of streams, there's, um, there's a real business there. Classical music business just hasn't been sharing in all of the glory that the pop, but that popular music is, um, has been sharing in the digital age. So you're right, Barbara, with their part of what we did was crack the digital code. And the way that has happened is very organically, all of the different um, digital dis distributors, whether it's Apple or Spotify, Pandora, all of them have developed these um, sort of, if you will, background playlists, playlists for relaxing, playlists for reading, playlists. And on Spotify, their biggest playlist is called Peaceful Piano. Um, it's an industry. It was born out of the new digital age. It happened organically. And um, again, all of these, we call them digital service providers, all these DSPs now have extremely popular playlists that get a ton of listeners, global listeners. And remember, the digital age is all about global listeners. So at any one time of, you know, of the 20 
thousand people who are listening in the next hour to Karen's music. They could be in any nation, anywhere, any time, any time zone. It's really quite extraordinary um, to get on one of these playlists, one of these editorial playlists on Spotify. It's a it's a bit of a game of chance. There is certainly some promotion that's done. Um, but for the most part, um, you get on the playlist because of a combination of the algorithm, liking what you do, the song, the music itself has to be recorded in a particular way, audio wise, um, which we won't get into too deeply, but suffice it to say that we found the right person to help us record during the pandemic. Karen, again, she gave me a lot of music. We pared it down to 40 wonderful short pieces of music. Um, I put together a concept for all four of those albums. Karen was absolutely wonderful as far as open. She was so open to, to the idea of how to sort of package these 40 songs in a very specific way. She and I worked together diligently on beautiful themes for all of these, all of it, um, great visual art. And we, we kind of, we went back and forth for a bunch of weeks and, and finally put together this really wonderful package. It was real collaboration. It was her coming with this beautiful stuff and being incredibly open to turn 40 pieces of music into four beautiful volumes of, of albums. And we, um, we found a, a terrific distributor and who helped us get the music out. And we worked very closely with them on every stage of releasing. And uh, yeah, and that's our, that was the basic process. But Karen, you should say more to, to what your experience was. I, I remember I was in, um, I was in Miami with a mask, walking on a trail and with a girlfriend and, and saying, could you please name, or let's come up with 50 names that would be good short names for pieces of music. And the two of us, my friend and I, by the end of the day, we had a hundred and we thought these are peaceful names having to do with harmony and inspiration and gratitude and clarity, which would be the symbols of the COVID. What happens in COVID? What happens is you need harmony. You need to have inspiration because you're, you're you kind of uh, you, you can be creative, you're great, you learn to be grateful, and you have clarity, you have clarity of, of thought because of being isolated. So we came up with these names. And then the next step was to give them to Kathleen and say, do you like them? And she came up with about 50 even better ones. And we collaborated even on the names. Well, I have to say clarity is one of my favorite pieces of yours. Um, Thank you. um, and, and for anyone listening, it's just the tip of the iceberg. I just want to acknowledge again, because this is like a masterclass for anyone listening, because continuing more sub themes, because I, what I just heard from Kathleen and Karen was creating opportunity, knowing your audience, but asking yourself, really, where are they? Let's go to them. And when we go to them, then we're doing things that help us be discovered by them, which is really, really essential. Then going back to the asking good questions, it was right there. It sounds like, what don't we know? And who can help us? Mm -hmm. And I find like, you know, again, for creatives, we sometimes forget to the sort of Venn diagram that is used in business all the time. is just like, you know, what do I love? What am I good at? What does the world need? And who will pay for it? 
and you finding the intersections of all these things. But a lot, again, goes back to that openness, the ability to collaborate, the ability to listen to the feedback. It sounds like without fear, it's extraordinary. And then also, Karen, what I just love that you've said over and over again, one, just the idea that, you know, creating and the writing is easy for you. So what a blessing is that? But even the idea of the joy in brainstorming with a friend on a walk at a time when the rest of us are disconnected and you found ways to connect. I think that's very inspiring. And she she feels part of the process now, which is even better. And and cheers when there's a new when there's a new streaming number. It's really quite special. So we talked about all these wonderful parts. What was actually challenging or surprising? Surprising to me was looking at my um, uh, success. Success in general was surprising to me, but seeing the peaceful piano playlist and realizing that I had not one, but three pieces on at one time and, and not even realizing how special that was until I spoke to Kathleen and she said, do you know what that means? And then, then it was like, how did this happen? How did, how did I go from sitting in my room and writing these, these pieces to seeing streaming numbers that I could never imagine? How did that happen? And ultimately, we don't really know other than, as you said, Barbara, we asked the right questions to, um, we found the right partners. And again, that was about reaching out and knowing some, knowing the right people, but we found the right partners. And then even once we had those partners, we just kept asking for more information and more help. But the ultimate reason that this music made it onto those playlists is because it's really good and um, it really works and that was always our that was always our goal is let's not copy what other people are doing but you my instinct was this your music is is as beautiful as the stuff that's out there and I feel like we had we we took a risk honestly, because it could, you know, I mean, there's a lot of music out there and there's a lot of music being released digitally worldwide every day. We took a risk, we asked the right questions and we stayed in the game. You know what I mean? We just, we, we had a lot of music and we got it ready to release and we put together a schedule and we stayed on it. Kathleen has a wonderful relationship with Naxos who's distributing these pieces. And she, she is always in contact with them, giving them, um, giving them the new pieces that are out and, and telling them how excited we are about what, what, has ha what has been happening. And asking them to expand and they're they're thrilled with how much her audience has expanded but their their job and their business all of our business is to keep this growing and to keep her audience growing and to keep and to create more opportunity beyond more playlists um and and grow her profile in that world well two more things i've just heard right i was just going to say that one is transferring skills Right, so Kathleen, your skills around knowing the business side, licensing, royalties, how, and, and how, how to maximize this too. It's like, and then for you, Karen, transferring the skill, it's like, you know how to, you know, to write and perform, but you were transferring into a whole new realm, which I think is incredible. And the other part of this, well, two more. One, relationships, maintaining relationships, developing relationships, understanding and respecting those relationships. And the other, such an important thing for all of us to remember, consistency. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
consistency has been the most, and that is, by the way, the most important part of cracking the digital code. You can't just put some music out and walk away from it. You have to promote it and you have to stay on top of it. You have to ask your, your uh, marketing and uh, publicity people to help continue the story. And then you have to make more. And the good news about Karen is she's so prolific. And so we're just, we're making more. We're in the process of getting ready to create um, another uh, set of four albums. You know, as somebody with a podcast, I can tell you it's super exciting when you see, you know, even the first few downloads, you're like, wow, somebody's listening, but you have huge numbers. Was there a moment that was like, that you remember better than another of going, you know, when you hit, I don't know, a hundred thousand, a million, was there a number you're like, oh my God. I think my first million was, oh my God. It was, I remember writing to the lawyer who had put together, together an agreement. And he said, oh my God, your million is your hardest. And I, I said, yeah, I'll never get further than this. And then, it, and then a friend said, well, we'll, we'll give you a cocktail party at, at 10 million. And how could that ever happen? And it did. And now I'm embarrassed to admit it's, it hit 18 million yesterday and so the the people congratulations in, uh, and don't you. be embarrassed I'm, 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 yell I'm, this from the rooftops I'm so excited but and I remember I remember speaking to somebody in the popular world who said oh well you know the popular world is much better it's much the numbers are higher I he said but for the classical congratulations so I've got the stamp of approval Thanks, Bella, and your, you know, relative comparison. But that's, a, that's another conversation. Um, <laughs> stand in your light and, and just own your amazing because it's just an incredible gift to the world. Kathleen, I was curious just in terms of strategy for the two of you, because you said you're ready to do another four. What, what is the strategy around that and why the four? And as I'm just asking this question, I'm realizing, I think that happens even in TV now. We're like, we understand, we're imagining we're pitching a show and we, we see the three to five seasons ahead of us. Right. right. Okay. So explain how that uh, long range thinking makes a difference. Um, I, you know, I think it's, well, it goes first and foremost to the fact that, that Karen has so much music. And so as soon as we finish, we're in this, we're right now in the midst, in the middle of releasing her second piano series. And we're in out, we're just about to release album two in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, and then we'll have album three at the beginning of next year and four in the spring, summer of next year. So we wanted to look ahead and she has so much music. She just, right, right as we were finishing and getting ready for these albums to come out, she of course said to me, um, are you ready for the next 39 pieces? And, um, and I actually asked her to hold back on them for a, for a moment, but um, they're all beautiful. They are, um, they're terrific. So we're gonna prep ourselves and, and get them ready. There isn't any real reason not to uh, get them recorded and get them ready for, for essentially what will be a, probably a 2024 release. When we look ahead at next year, and then we just had this conversation with her terrific marketing folks too, um, we will mostly, she also has recorded some beautiful, beautiful uh, chamber and string and orchestral music. And so we're looking to get one or two of those albums out next year and probably a Christmas release as well. So everything in, and, and it is like, it's 
you asked me before, why would we do four piano albums? It's because she has that much music and putting all 40 out doesn't make sense. Putting them out in sort of 10, in 10 song albums makes sense. And they all feel thematic. So again, we work together on, on presenting them in, in a theme that's really, that's just organic to the music and that works and, and, um, and sort of visually, uh, tells you what you're listening, you know, gives you a hint about what you're listening to. While Kathleen is talking, I'm trying to figure out why I have, why I have all of this music streaming forth now. And I realize because I'm getting older and I want to, I don't want to leave the world and not say everything that I want to say. I decided that I wanted to be a composer before I had grandchildren, before, I think even before my children were married, because I decided that at some point in life, I want somebody to know that I was a composer, these grandchildren that I didn't have. And so when my piano teacher had gone to the hospital for something and had, had told me to practice my repertoire, when he came home, I said, I didn't practice, but I did this. And he listened to some of these short, piano miniatures and he said well I don't blame you for not playing your own repertoire you're a composer and I looked at him and I said are you sure and he said yeah I'm sure and from that day which was in 2006 I didn't stop writing and be, and now I have grandchildren who listen maybe not with the enthusiasm that I had hoped but nevertheless they know that their grandmother is a composer and that to me was the that's that was my goal and so I did it for them and so hearing that the whole world is listening now is just pure gravy I just want to sit with this I want everyone to sit with this it's just the most incredible notion of the third chapter sharing your gifts finding and connecting to purpose understanding legacy it just it just fills me so much i'm really grateful that you're here i have to ask a question that sort of comes from the popular world maybe do you have any dream collabs you've thought about do you sit around you know when you're just kind of i don't know daydreaming like oh my god i would love to collaborate with so and so or i'd love so and so to perform my music who hasn't performed it yet yes yes i said to kathleen one day could you imagine if my pieces were um, used for the credit line in a movie or for a commercial or for any ad or for a TV special? Or could you imagine if these pieces could be used for something even more than just listening as, as music for reading or music for uh, studying or, or just listening to the melodies themselves? And then Kathleen, sat with this for a while and all of a sudden she said bingo I know just what we're going to do and Kathleen tell tell Barbara what you did oh well I have introduced her to a wonderful um, independent music publisher based here in New York called Sunday Songs owned by a very good friend and colleague of mine uh, Debbie Rose and Debbie and her team have a, are fantastic she has an incredibly skilled um, head of synchronization um, who we've what does that mean? Could you explain that for us? So the head of that is um, that is um, the person who is connected to the film, television, and advertising world on a very very deep level, and who pitches music. 
um, that he or she represents to the to the film, television, and uh, advertising, trailer, gaming industries, and, and gets music placed on television ads, television, film, and, and, and other areas. And those placements in this day and age and, and have, I would say for the better part of the last 20 years have been some of the most important parts of many, many music musicians and uh, composers careers because it elevates the, the um, the engagement mm-hmm. uh, in music on a completely uh, new level. Music to picture is a very different experience than music as audio. As, as Karen just said, playlisting in the background is a very different experience than watching a television commercial and going, God, I love the music, everything about that. And, and by the way, it isn't always just the music that sells the ad, um, but the music enhances picture on a very, very deep level. And we all have composers and, uh, and certainly recording artists who we discovered through visual um it's an incredible you know to me it's a it's a it it was exactly the right way for it was exactly the right thing for karen to be thinking they they are they're pitching her music and it's it's been very exciting to get their feedback as well that is so exciting and it's it's just incredible to again to reach more people and to create Mm -hmm. ways of allowing the people who need to find you to find you you know when you were talking before about how does it feel um I think maybe because I am older, it feels even better because I maybe would have taken any, I, I would have taken things for granted maybe as a young young person. I really didn't have a voice. I really, I, I got married very, very young and the voice that I had as a, a, a teenager or as a young person was stopped or stifled by the responsibility that I had in being a good wife and and a good mother. And I don't I don't think it was until much later when I had written my first children's book that my the publisher had said, oh, you know, you have you're a creative person. And I remember playing the piano. I remembered writing songs, but I never thought of doing anything with them. And all of a sudden I did develop, I did hear my own voice at that time, you know, that I had mentioned before. And it's becoming yourself. It's, it's, I'm glad it happened now. That's what I was going to say. And, and I want to, and God bless Kathleen, because she's going to even carry on whatever I do from now on. Well, and you, you know, finding your voice, you find it at any age, that's really important. Like that's the, maybe the most important part of all of this is there is, there's, you know, we're in the great age of, of, of we've been living in ageism and, and I don't, and I know that's a, that's an even bigger conversation, but I find it so inspiring to know that you found your voice at the time that you did and to be able to get to, as you said, Barbara, to, to be able to share it with, if you shared it only with your family, it'd be one, it would be lovely and wonderful. But to be able to share it with this wide an audience, a global audience, there's just nothing like it. And I love being part of that. I really, really do. And I don't even know who they are. I don't even know who most of them are. 
Very funny, Spotify for artists and, and a couple of these DSPs offer you an opportunity to get some, to get some sort of, what do we call it, backend data, but to, to be able to kind of look on a daily basis at the countries and the, the amount of listeners and where they're located. And it's completely fascinating. On a day-to-day -day basis, it changes, but it's such a cool, it's such a wonderful access to, to have access to know that at any one given time, people in uh, 10 different time zones are enjoying your music. And all the demographics, the ages, the the um, the genders, whatever. And it's really surprising. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a younger audience than I would have expected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. It's funny, as you were talking, Karen, and not knowing your audience, I started to have it pop to my head that you could have, you know, Karen Con or Lafrac Fest um, to bring <laughs> to bring people together. I want to thank you two so much and hope that you will come back in another season and we can talk about more because this was really just the tip of the iceberg. And I want to thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. If you're interested in media coaching for you or your team, please shoot me a note and please be sure to visit my website, ableintermedia.com and download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And as always, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already.